1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. (laughs)
2: I can't believe we've made it. I can't believe we're here. I remember back to late August, early September, you know, right around Labor Day weekend when it was hot and sweaty out and it still felt like uh, summertime, to be honest. I thought, man, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to early, mid January and we're talking about the college football playoff national championship and Here we are. Hi, I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. She's Kayla Canaram. This is BetQLU live coast to coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. Make sure you subscribe to the show on there as well. Get all the episodes as podcasts after we air live on Friday nights and Saturday mornings. Uh, It's right there. It gets delivered to you. You can also watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. And of course on YouTube, as well. We got a lot to get to today. Obviously, the aforementioned national championship game, it's TCU and Georgia. Can Cinderella continue the run? Uh, or does talent win out? Does the well the, the first repeat champions in a little while, and just I think the fifth uh repeat champions in the last 70 years or so to not include a split national title? Does that happen with Georgia? We got to talk a little bit of hoops as well. Uh, including uh, a big story coming out of Austin uh, at the end of this week. And we'll start to look ahead to next year's college football playoff already. Yes, yeah, we're going to do that because, well... Huh, why not? Why not find an angle that we can bet on? That's what we do here <laughs> at BetQL. Uh, Kayla, RJ, a happy weekend to you. Let's start with what we learned last week in the college football playoff semifinals and the uh, assorted New Year's Six Bowls around them. Kayla, I'll let you kick us off.
3: <clears throat> well, Chris, I learned that maybe I should have uh, taken RJ more seriously when he called Michigan a fraud, uh, the fraud mm-hmm. fiesta bowl. Uh, he saw it and called it from a mile away. I didn't believe him. I liked Michigan to go to the championship and perhaps even win the thing, but jokes on me, I guess. Um, at least I picked Ohio state to cover all jokes aside. I will say my favorite thing from last week in college football was seeing Mississippi state get the win for coach Leach. That game had guardian angel written all over it, um, from the game winning field goal, backdoor cover, watching that shot of will Rogers get emotional when they kicked that game winning field goal. I just wanted to go run and hug him. And then he's waving the mic flag around. Um, Not to mention all the clips they showed going in and out of commercials of Coach Leach, along with his picture on the pirate ship. It really could not have gone any better. And I was so happy that they pulled out the win for him.
2: You're right. That's, uh, that was a very cool moment and kind of a nice, um, I don't know. It it was, it was nice to fit it in the way it fit in with the new year, six games with the playoff semifinals. Um, It was nice to have it. Uh, that afternoon as well to sort of give you a reason to sit back and I think everyone to be quite honest who didn't go to Illinois uh, uh, was rooting for, for it to play out that way so it was fun to see it work out
0: that way. Uh, RJ what'd you learn last week. Uh, let's see. Um, I learned that the uh, that, that nobody knows what targeting is. Uh, that's that's what I learned. No, <laughs> nobody has a clue as to actually what it is. They think they know. They don't know. Um, I, I learned that college football needs their you know, referees that are not conference-related anymore. Uh, there was no way, by the way, and I'm proud of this, okay? As an elitist SEC guy, I am proud that there was no way that an SEC official was going to help out a Big Ten team. Our hatred is deep. It's rooted. <laughs> no way we were going to help out Michigan. And that was not going to happen. Uh, so I'm proud of that from that standpoint. But we do need... I think, a streamlined, officiating program. Not that it's going to help. They're going to be bad. Referees in the NFL are bad. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. I mean, they're good, but they're bad, right? Like They they make the bad calls a lot of times. (laughs) But they still need to figure out exactly what targeting is. And we need to know what a catch is. I thought we knew this with Dennis Bryant in 2014 or 2014, however you want to say it. We still don't know what a catch is or what a touchdown catch is. I don't know. Those are just some of the things I learned.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, there's, it feels like, especially in big games where we're all glued, locked in on these games, we're all going to find a call, uh, whether it's a targeting call, whether it's a, was that a catch or was it not a catch? Or like the ones we saw this past weekend that we all go, my God, what are you doing? Uh, what are the guys in Stripe C? Uh, but especially in the big games, and I would presume Monday night as well, to be quite honest, there's a good chance we'll have a call like that. Um, I learned this past weekend, you know, I have a neighbor who uh, he builds a haunted house for the kids in his uh, garage. And there's like this old garage. It's a shed out in his backyard um, every Halloween. And if he were building this haunted house, not for a bunch of nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kids. If he were building it for college football teams, he would have to hide like a Sonny Dykes head in a jar, Max dug in behind a curtain and some spider webs, Kendra Miller and Amari DiMercato uh, behind uh, behind a smoke machine. And the Horn frogs would be, you know, the strobe lights with the tie-dye Horn frog would have to be going off as well because they are the scariest thing in college football. Whether you're betting on them, whether you're betting against them, whether you think that they have no right to be in this college football playoff, whether you think they are the perfect team for the college football playoff or you're somewhere in between all these things. They're scary because they're completely unpredictable. And that's what the TCU Horned Frogs are. They are the tie-dyed Horned Frog, uh, Sonny Dykes hiding behind a curtain with a scream mask on, just waiting to carve up your bets. And that's what I learned this past week. Uh, Just when you think you've got TCU figured out, they are a haunted house for college football, other college football teams, and college football fans as well. And it's a fun ride, I'm sure, for TCU fans. And we'll get into the national championship game again during BetQLU within this hour, coming up right around the corner here. We'll close things out with our best bets and a look at that national championship game, as well as a story surrounding the national championship game At SoFi Stadium out in L.A. that I don't think any of us, being from the alma maters that we are, can believe is actually happening at a college football game. (laughs) Stick with us. We'll get to it in a little bit. But let's, uh, let's snake our way back to the future. If you'll follow along with me, guys, I'm a big proponent, a big fan of the snake draft method that we all do with our fantasy football teams, or most people do with their fantasy football teams, I think, where you start with the first pick, snake it around, somebody gets two picks, and you go back around and so forth. So I thought, why not combine the snake draft with one of our favorite things, which is looking way too far into the future, and let's snake draft our way through a college football playoff field of four for next season. Yes, we're gonna look way out into the future, with the portal still open, with guys still deciding to transfer or not transfer, with coaching jobs perhaps up for grabs, uh, with sanctions perhaps coming for some people. Harbaugh, <coughs> Michigan. Um, let's
1: <laughs> way
2: too early take a look at next year's CFP. Kayla, I'll let you go first, then it'll be RJ. I'll go third and fourth, and we'll snake our way through until we each have a field of four teams for next year's college football playoff before we even wrap up this year's playoff. So, Kayla, you get to go first. Who are you taking for next year's college football playoff?
3: Ooh, okay. Playoff, not necessarily winning.
2: Yep, just in the playoff.
3: I mean, I think I got to go Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. I think that's a good thing. I don't like, see. Going, <laughs> going with the obvious here, but uh, I mean, can you be that consistent for that long? Uh, uh, I don't know. We'll go Georgia just because they have the best odds, and it's obvious. Uh,
2: I, yeah, no, they're they're three to one uh, odds on favorites uh, to win next year's national championship already in places where you can find it. So uh, nothing wrong with going chalk early, RJ. Uh, <laughs> Where, where are you going with the second pick?
0: All right, I'm going to go a little bit, a uh, little bit, a little bit off the beaten path here. I'm going. This is this is not to win the title, right? Because this guy, we know, he cannot win championships. All right, just to get to he the playoffs. Yep, the most overrated coach in college football. But I do believe they are going to return their quarterback, and I'm going with USC.
2: There it is. Okay, I like it. Link. Lincoln Riley and the Trojans are 12 to one right now, wherever you may be able to find it, uh, to win next year's college football champ playoff championship. And we're just talking, get into the playoff. I had an eye on USC. I'll be honest, RJ. They were one of the teams I had an eye on because I do think Lincoln Riley will go out and add whoever he needs to add via the portal. Uh, to overhaul that defense that was just atrocious at times this year. And we know USC will spare no expense to try and do that. So with that being said, I get two picks. I get three and four. And look, you're not going to keep Vader down that long. Darth Saban will be back in the playoff next year. I'm sorry. Yes, it's just, he will. You can't tell me Nick Saban's going to go two years in a row without being a part of a playoff. The final year of the four-team playoff has to involve the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm pretty sure it's written in to some sort of college football constitution. So give me the Tide. And you know what? I'll start looking at some long shots. And I really like the way they turned things around this year. Give me the Knolls. Give me Florida State at 20-1 to to win the national title. Give me them. Yeah, I'm probably reaching here this early in this draft. But give me Florida State. As a CFP participant next year, RJ, I'm uh,
0: thrown. (laughs) i thrown. I'm shocked. I I I don't even have to say. Okay, great. The
2: the balance of power is shifting in the ACC uh, away from Clemson and toward Florida State. I can see it happening now.
0: All right. Okay. Listen, I I love I love the hot take here, man. I do. I love the hot take. (laughs) um still a
3: 14 playoff yes
0: (laughs) yep it's still a 14 playoff playoff, yeah okay all right
3: you guys Uh, remember this next
0: year I can't believe I'm gonna get Ohio State with this kind of value uh but I'm gonna take Ohio State
2: okay you take Ohio State and we'll see how long Mr. Mr. Day is is there coaching the Buckeyes and uh you can make fun of me next year Florida State goes like seven and five kayla you get two picks now and you started with georgia who you got
3: uh next i'm going michigan after watching jj mccarthy watch tcu's field celebration that is a tell-all sign that they're going to come out guns a blazing next year so i like michigan um and second or third i guess is my third pick i'm going you're welcome rj tennessee vols
2: oh baby i like that one I thought R. See, I thought R. J. would go with Tennessee, but when I threw him for I a loop too. by leaving Ohio State available, he didn't jump on it. So there you go, Listen, K- I, uh, You're in a spot now. Your Vols are gone. You got I, USC I, and Ohio I, I, State. I, I, but what do you do now?
0: Well, you know this is this was tough because you know I don't bet on my team. I don't ever bet on Tennessee. You know I, I stay away from that. Uh, my my heart mm. you know, I can't can't handle that for many many of the reasons. I do love the pick. I'm glad you did that uh, because I didn't want to have to do it. I was going to have to do it. I was going to have to take (laughs) Tennessee with this next pick. Um, Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I'm in in a pickle. I am in quite a pickle. Um, And I'm going to do it. I know what you don't want to do. Oh, wow. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to go with Clemson.
3: Ooh, you, know, you guys wish. just leaving blue Clemson. bloods all over
0: the place for me.
2: I, you well, guys are leaving blue Clemson. bloods everywhere. See, I, I thought where you would go is the one place where I you can't go, but where I, yeah, I'm going to be sorry. honest, I'm I'm gonna go there. I'm oh, gonna no. go there, and I'm gonna do it. I get two picks here. My my final two. I got Alabama and Florida State. I am taking Hookem Horns. Give me Ooh. Texas. Ooh. Give me Texas bold, and you,
3: bold. It, it,
2: yeah, this is it, mine's not going to work out. I can tell already, but you know what? It sounds good right now. Arch Manning first year on campus takes the horns, hook them to the college football playoff. And you know what? I'll be the Homer. Give me Penn state as well. Cause I think Drew Aller is going to be fantastic. Uh, first year starter taking over for Sean Clifford at quarterback. And they got so many other weapons in place. So RJ, your final pick now.
0: Oh man, this is going to be uh I might lose my card uh, on this one because I'm an SEC elitist, but I don't see LSU making it. So I am taking Oregon. That's a I am call, taking I Oregon and the thirty year old quarterback they're about to start next year. <laughs> so uh so g- <laughs> so give me Oregon what a- <laughs> and this is like just like this is just like fantasy football. I'm an excellent drafter. And then I'd never pay attention to it the rest of the year. I always win the draft. I won this draft easy. Doesn't matter who Kayla picks. I've already dominated.
2: Wow! Listen to the confidence in his voice, Kayla. You get you get the uh, yeah. Mister Irrelevant, I guess, or, or Team Irrelevant of this draft. Who are you going with?
3: I thought he was going to go Notre Dame because of Sammy. Oh, wow. Um, guys, I'm going to go dark horse, <laughs> dark horse here, Wisconsin because I love Luke Fickle and we saw Whoa. what he did at Cincinnati. Yeah. Totally, okay. totally off
2: the being path. Well, I like these. Kayla's got Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, Wisconsin. RJ's got USC, Ohio State, Clemson, Oregon. I got Bama, Florida State, Texas, Penn State. Eclectic choices, if nothing else, for our uh <laughs> 2023 CFP draft. Coming up next, the Portal Report. Who ends up being the most impactful transfer move this offseason, perhaps affecting those predictions we just made? Plus, Major news out of Austin on the hoop side of things that we have to touch on as well. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canarum. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU.
3: This is BetQLU
2: with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM.
0: Back to BetQLU with R.J. Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla
2: Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, with the start of conference play really starting to hit its stride in college hoops, we'll take a look at some national title futures in just a couple of minutes, and some big news out of Austin regarding the Longhorns and their program, curious to see what Kayla and RJ think about what it does for them, not just long term, obviously, that's an issue, but short term, a team that really had gotten off to a hot start now having to deal with so much change on the fly. It is BetQLU. I am Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. She's Kayla Canarum, And we take you through the entire college sports landscape betting-wise, every single weekend here on the BetQL network and on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that and then subscribe to BetQLU to get every episode as soon as it's ready for you. Uh, Before we get back into hoops, and yeah, we're going to talk national championship game. We are going to talk Georgia TCU, get you our picks and plays for that one before the show wraps up, as well as our best bets of the weekend. Uh, We just got done making picks for next year's college football playoff kind of foolish probably at this point but hey if you're looking to be speculative and maybe catch some value in that market wherever you can find it now might be a time to do it you might also want to wait for the portal to shake out because transfers continue to happen you're now getting to the point where guys are coming out of the portal and rejoining their team saying ah never mind didn't really want to transfer anyway uh so you know, there are transfer trackers up everywhere, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, uh, Sports.com, and they've all got an eye to who may or may not have made the best, most impactful moves in the transfer portal. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Deion Sanders once he got the job at Colorado, basically walking into the meeting room and saying, hey, I'm bringing my bags with me. Um, so let's take a look at who we think may be the best addition Uh, And Kayla alluded at the one that I think RJ is going to be a big fan of, but we'll get to that in a second. Which transfer do we think will have the biggest impact going into next year's college football season? Uh, Kayla, I'll let you kick us off again.
3: Well, um, I don't love this at all. Dominic Levitt to Georgia, Mm -hmm. Mizzou's top wide receiver, who they stole after we almost beat them. So dirty Uh, he's a sophomore. He had 56 receptions, 846 yards, three TDs. I'm so bitter. Ugh.
2: Yeah. And this is, this is why
3: we can't have nice things.
2: The the level of petty. I, I I give you credit for, for not letting the level of petty sort of outstrip the level of acknowledgement of his skill and that he's actually going to be really good for Georgia next year.
3: Yeah. But like, why can't you? stay at Mizzou. He's a, he's a St. Louis guy. Like stay in your home state, help your team. We will never be good because of this (laughs) among many other things.
2: And it's in conference too. Now the in-conference transfers are always an extra uh, kick to the gut, which actually leads me to mine, but I'll let you go next RJ, which transfer (laughs) do you think is going to have the most impact going into the 2023 season?
0: Well, I, I think you guys know who it's going to be for me. Um, yeah. there's there's two reasons. One, you guys know I am I have a a love for all quarterbacks. I love quarterbacks. Uh, they're the only thing that matters. And then I also happen to love chiseled jawlines. And Sam Hartman <laughs> has a chiseled jawline. Uh, he he he's he's yeah. just he's, he can be the Marlboro Man. I mean, he he really could. He's, yeah. he just exudes masculinity. And it's not even the toxic kind. That I'd be okay if it was. I don't care. I'm, not, I'm, I'm down with whatever. Uh, you know, I just – I'm so in on Sam Hartman, Sexy Sammy, Sam Zaddy, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to start calling that – they're they're Notre Daddy this year. That's what they're going to be for me. Um, and that, that's what I'm going to call them. I, I'm going to – you know, maybe I'll become a Notre Dame fighting Irish fan. I hate Notre Dame. I hate everything about them. Uh, but, you know, like that's that's it right for me. It's, it's Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame.
2: Can you I get just picture
3: t-shirts made with that on it?
2: He, he's going to, Kayla. You know he's going to. And he's going to get a little tiny a little tiny gold helmet with the single bar face mask. He's going to look like Joe Theisman back in the day. He's going to have it shoved down over the tops of his ears, and it won't go any farther. And he's going to run around every weekend yelling about, Sam Zaddy, Sam Zaddy, because of the chiseled jawline. And I I knew it. I knew that would be the one that would get you. When we were texting about this earlier in the week, RJ is fired up about sexy Sammy Hartman headed to South Bend. Sexy South Bend now with the chiseled jawline. All right. (laughs) I mentioned in-conference transfers. Look, I'm I'm back and forth between a couple of quarterback transfers as well. One, everybody's already talking about, right? Devin Leary to Kentucky. This is a huge one for the Wildcats because they're bringing back the OC that helped them succeed a year ago as well. Will Levis was dinged up this year, and I think probably had an eye towards uh, heading to the draft anyway. So Devin Leary from NC State to Kentucky I think is going to be really big. But low-key, and I don't just say this because I live in Pittsburgh, and this is a Pittsburgh kid coming back to Pittsburgh and transferring in conference, but oddly enough, a former Notre Dame quarterback as well, Phil Dracovic from Boston College to Pitt um started 24 games at bc showed some flashes when he was healthy didn't have a lot of weapons around him though it was really just him playing pitch and catch with zay jones um hasn't played a lot since october because of multiple injuries but he's a big dude they call him baby ben around these parts because he reminds you of a young roethlisberger with the mobility and the ability to sort of fight off tacklers and get the ball downfield 5400 yards and 37 touchdown passes over his time between Notre Dame and BC. And I think he's going to end up, I know he's going to end up pit. Pitt, that much has been made official, but I think he's going to end up being what they didn't have this year, the Pitt Panthers, in a conference where you need to have a mobile quarterback, I think, to compete, the ACC. I think they're going to be able to compete because he gives them that mobility thing that they had with Kenny Pickett that they didn't have with Keiden Slovis, who has since transferred off to BYU. So with this transfer and the balance of power in the ACC that I see happening from away from Clemson and toward Florida state, and maybe even toward Pitt a little bit as well. I think Phil Dracovic is going to be a big part of that, but those guys, just a few of the big transfers that we think could have a big impact again uh, on where things go in the 2023 season. So let's flip the page now to hoops for just a couple of minutes, guys. And before we get to the national title futures that we dug up this week and talking about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense in that department, um, what made sense for the university of Texas uh, with all of the allegations against Chris Beard is that they had to move on from him. Um, I'm curious to see though, not so much where things go in the off season, uh, but where things go right now, because this is a team, RJ, you're down in Texas this team started the season really strong. And I don't know if this is, I hate to say something as serious as this, but I hate to say, I, I don't know if it's any more than a speed bump for a team that's got as much talent as they have and seemingly hasn't had to take their foot off the gas since all of this came out over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, you know, from from their perspective, uh, they are a very talented team. Um, you know, they had the the, what, the one hiccup, but they're, they're they are a really good team. Their, their issue is going to be composure with this. Uh, they lost their coach. A lot of these kids went to Texas because of Chris Beard. You know, college coaches, uh, they're the general managers of their team as well. Uh, they're, they're the reason that these players go to that university oftentimes. These don't have legacy guys who are going to go there anyway. But, you know, this this is normal, you know, that you're going to go play for a coach. And, and I don't know how this is going to impact them uh, long term, but this is a really, really, really good team. I would be surprised if they completely fall off. Um, But then again, you know, the day-to-day grind of being a head coach, you know, I I don't think you can overrate that. And, you know, there's going to be a bump in the road at some point during the season on the court for them. And that's where a guy like Chris Beard could really stem the tide and keep everything on track. Now you don't have that. Uh, It was, you know – whether or not, you know, you were surprised by what Texas did, they did it and they basically did it in a relative timely fashion. I mean, they kind of looked at this for about a yeah. month and they said, OK, did, you know, we've had it. Let's get through the new year. And I bet you they made this decision uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they wanted to get through the holidays.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's less than six weeks from the time this story Comes out until, uh, excuse me, from the time Texas had been ranked number two in the country to work through the timeline of this story coming out to now Chris Beard has been relieved of his duties. Kayla, it always is curious to me when a big program like this, especially one that's sort of moving along pretty well in the right direction, do they decide then to stick with the guy who is taking over the reins at this point, Rodney Terry, Houston guy, great connections all over the state? Um, who's got some experience with the program or depending on how things go this year, do they start to cast an outward glance and start to look at some of the names that may be available this off season? If things don't go as expected, if it does end up being more than a speed bump.
3: Yeah. I think you see how the season finishes out um, and then make a decision from there. Yeah. As RJ stated Players came to play for Beard, so I don't know how that's going to impact their team after this season, recruiting after this season. Maybe they will need to bring in a bigger name if they want recruits. Um, I think they're just going to have to get through this season, see how it plays out and go from there. I just have a question. Do Beard and his attorney think we're all stupid? This case, I've watched enough SVU to know that a domestic violence (laughs) victim always retracts their story out of fear this is insane. Like reading this whole story was just mind blowing when it came out and then what his, he and his attorney have done in wake of all of this, like just go away.
2: Mariska Hargitay is just waiting around a corner to get him in an interrogation. She she is,
3: she is my queen. I love (laughs) Olivia Benson, but we'll save that for another podcast.
2: we will we will <laughs> i love the fact that that you've got people including very well connected people like gary parish at cbs already throwing out john calipari's name because Whoa. nobody in kentucky is ever happy with with cal and especially because of the way things have gone the last couple of years there, are ex- falling short of expectations uh that cal could look for i don't know maybe he looks towards austin and says hey at the very least, I won't get treated as poorly as I have here in Lexington the last few years. And maybe the standards and the expectations won't be as high as well. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the way things shake out in Austin the rest of the year. That being said, Texas 14 to 1, one of a few teams, three teams at 14 to 1 right now, national title odds alongside Arizona and UCLA. Houston odds on favorites at 7 to 1, UConn 11 to 1, Kansas 12 to 1. You can dig a little deeper for some uh, longer shots. Gonzaga, Baylor, Purdue—all sixteen to one. Gonzaga and Purdue getting some scares earlier this week. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to lean any one direction quite yet when I look at national championship futures, guys. But I do know as as much as I want to dive headlong in on the Cougs and Houston at seven to one, I'm also there's something about it that has me holding back and RJ, I, I don't know. Maybe you can help me make sense of it. Why do, why am I not ready to dive in on Houston at seven to one?
0: Because you're an elitist like me. Uh, we were <laughs> five people. That's why. Uh, and I'm okay with that. You know, we're always, we have, you know, it, we didn't really get in on Gonzaga until about 2014. And they were already good for a decade. Uh, you know, it kind of <laughs> works out like that. Right. Oh no, yeah. I, I understand. It, 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 it's hard. I mean, you know, they're gonna. They don't have to go through um, a brutal schedule in conference. They just don't. Not yet. They don't. Uh, they, you know. At some point they might, but right now they don't. Uh, they don't have to go through uh, a schedule like you know an Alabama uh, would have to, or, or Kentucky or Tennessee in the SEC, or or the way a, a a Big Ten team would have to go through a gauntlet of a schedule. Uh, you know, those are tough road games. You know, there's there's not a there's not a an easy. Place to play in the Big Twelve uh, on the road. You know these are tough road environments um, that that they don't have to go through. They just don't have to go through them. And, but now, the, now the good news for that is that they're going to be a one seed, and you know that right. because they're going to wind up being like thirty-four and one. Uh, or right, whatever, and, and, right? and you they don't, they, they don't have losses on their schedule.
2: And you look at the Ken Palm numbers and you go, well, yeah, I mean, is it because of the conference they're in? Is it because of who they've played? Will those numbers stay there? I mean, last year, I remember, uh, you know, late February, early to mid-March, looking at those numbers and saying, yeah, I mean, they're there and they belong there. Um, Kayla, I I don't know. Houston looks like they should be, like RJ said, just written in ink on, on a one line in one of the four brackets but then we all sit here and wait and we try to qualify whether it's houston whether it's gonzaga whether it's even yukon to some extent in the big east well yeah but who have they played
3: i was gonna say look at yukon getting back in the mix wild Mm uh i'll tell you who i'm not going with and that's kansas but i'm gonna (laughs) i like ucla you know what they're down the road i'm going ucla
2: okay i'll take it um yeah, I knew Kansas would raise your dander just a little bit. We've already <laughs> talked. Um, a Missouri transfer-wide receiver in Kansas hoops. Kayla may just absolutely flame us in the final segment. Uh, something not allowed at the national championship that just dumbfounds all of us, I think. Plus, we've got to handicap this national championship game between TCU and Georgia and get you our best bets as well. It's all coming up alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris and Kayla here on the BetQL network presented by Bet MGM.
0: Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack and Kayla Canaram
2: on the BetQL network presented by Bet MGM live coast to coast on the betql network this is betqlu with you every friday night and saturday morning and of course wherever and whenever you may find us on your odyssey app subscribe to betqlu and get those episodes delivered to you ready to go as soon as you want them every weekend on your odyssey app and of course you can watch the show on twitch twitch.tv slash betql and on youtube as well i'm chris mack rj choppy kayla canaram alongside as we've been Building up to this now for, well, let's see, the better part of four months, and here we are. The national championship game is upon us at SoFi Stadium in L.A. A bunch of different angles on the game itself in just a moment and our best bets to close out the show as well. But this, look, we got a Tennessee Vol. We got a Mizzou Tiger. We got a Penn State Nittany Lion. I got to think there's not a one of us that can imagine an environment for college football that doesn't include a good old-fashioned tailgate party especially when it's supposed to be like 65 degrees out right oh a few raindrops we'll throw up the tent no problem where's the grill okay you guys got a tub for the beer yeah sure i brought a cooler here we go nope nope not in the sofi stadium parking lots in inglewood california there will be no tailgating allowed and the la times reporting uh Jay brady mccullough that it's actually not just because it's california and they want to ruin everybody from the big 12 and sec's time <laughs> it's because this is the thing with the cfp they don't want people tailgating they didn't tailgate in indy they haven't tailgated in other spots it's just a rule they want everybody to go to their officially sponsored tailgate party um And they want everybody to go and show up for a Kelsey ballerina ballerini concert uh, rather than hang out in their parking lot and have a few natty lights with some friends during the, well, natty champ game. So guys, I don't know about you. This, this needs to be rectified. I know they're looking at passing legislation, which makes sense given the fact that they can't figure anything else out in Washington, DC, that they'll get ahead of it with the tailgate parties. But What are we doing? No tailgate parties at the national championship game, Kayla?
3: I just think it's hilarious that politicians have gotten involved in this. Um, (laughs) I didn't actually know this wasn't a thing. And last year, obviously, it didn't matter with it being in Indianapolis and no one wanted to tailgate outside. I get that they want everyone to go to their official tailgate. It's free. There's live entertainment. There's still drinks. They are saying it's to help with parking efficiency. You know what? Your teams are in the national championship. Let people tailgate for the love. I disagree yeah, with you, this. You know,
2: you know that gif of Omar Epps where he just kind of looks at the camera like, mm, really? Yeah, that's that's mm. my face right now, RJ. I'm not buying it. They just want to force everybody to go buy $13 drinks at their free concert,
0: I think. You know, I, I'll give everybody else the benefit of that. But not California. We hate, we don't like California <laughs> here in Texas. And I want to put the blame squarely on California. Uh, they probably <laughs> don't want... Cars idling and a little bit of emissions to go in the air, so you know they're gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna tell us we can't tailgate. Uh, it's got nothing to do with anything else. That's what it is. I'm gonna blame California. That's that's the only thing I can think of. If there's no there's no. How do you not have a tailgate? How do you not allow tailgating? No
2: tailgate. It does say so fans
3: fans. It says fans are welcome to bring their coolers and enjoy themselves in the parking spaces. What does that mean? I guess just so no grills. Just
2: no, but no tents are allowed. It's it is supposed to rain Monday afternoon in LA. I think at least that's the the, no, the short term forecast. I well have you had the last few. We've had a, uh, lot, of We've had a lot of rain. It's nothing but rain. so it, it, it's it lets people put up a little pop up tent and a couple camping chairs and enjoy a six pack in the parking lot with their friends. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's disappointing. I'm sure they'll fix all. I of worked at the LA Bowl, and
3: they were tailgating at the LA Bowl. It's,
2: Speaking of which, is this one of the few stadiums you have not actually danced a coordinated professional dance routine in? As we went through the (laughs) bowl preview show, you just every single bowl you would check it off. Hey, guys, I've danced there. Hey, guys, I've danced there. Have you danced at SoFi (laughs) Stadium, Kayla?
3: Not in an official capacity, but when I did work at LA Bowl, I was dancing along to the Fresno State Marching Band when they played Hey Baby. And I was doing my Hey Baby routine from Mrs. Golden Girls. It's just been three bowl games, uh, Sun Bowl, Texas Bowl, Cotton Bowl. It okay. just felt like, it felt,
2: more, like a, it felt like a lot more. Yeah, um, <laughs> it feels it feels <laughs> like this one means a lot more because it does. It's the natty. It's the chip. It's the college football playoff national championship game Monday night in L.A. 13 and one number three TCU Horned Frogs against the 14 and zero number one Georgia Bulldogs looking for a repeat favored by 12 and a half total sitting about 62 and a half. The most recent two times we've had a spread spread. Pardon me as large as nine and a half or more in a title game. We've had blowouts, Alabama beating both Ohio state in 2020, Notre Dame in 2012, winning both games by four touchdowns. Two previous times though, which admittedly are a long time ago, 2003 Miami was favored by 11 they lost to Ohio State in double overtime 2001 Florida State was favored by 10 over Oklahoma and lost 13 to 2 for some reason probably because it was a terrible game that escapes my memory um since the end of World War II so we're going back now 80 years almost only four teams have repeated as national champions without some sort of weird split title Notre Dame 46-47, Oklahoma 55-56, Nebraska 94-95, the first of which they didn't deserve to have because they screwed Penn State, and Alabama 2011 and 2012. Notice how I skated right past that. Um I don't look, Georgia is talented enough to be a repeat champion, guys. I don't know if they're talented enough to run away and hide from TCU though. TCU six and two against the spread and their last eight total has hit the over and four of Georgia's last five. Where are we going? RJ choppy with the national championship game on Monday night.
0: Well, I don't think I'm going to touch the point spread. That's a lot. Uh, it's going to have mm-hmm. to come down to 10 for me to get on that. Um, I know I am you know calling them the TCU horn frauds, but uh they they they're not they're not going to get run in this game I don't think I mean I think they're going to lose by more than a score but I can't imagine they're going to lose by 14 uh it just I don't I don't see it that way you know you mentioned that the other two you know point spreads of 9 or more you know but the other ones Miami was a 13 point favorite over Ohio State and they lost and then Florida State was like a 12 and a half point favorite over Auburn, and it wound up being a, a, a field goal game. Um, it was a very, very close game right down to the wire that Auburn was in control of. Uh, I think they were up 20 to 3 at one point in that game. Um, so those those teams, those dogs made it really, really close.
2: The other side of this coin, and, and I'm, I'm with you, RJ, I think it's going to be a tight, tight ball game. Um, the average margin in college football championship games. over 15 points per game last four have been 15 28 17 28 again so Kayla it it would seem to point the direction of uber talented SEC champions going for back-to-back titles against upstart Cinderella underdog TCU Max Duggan Sonny Dykes in his first year there all that Uh, and that there would be a blowout here I I, I don't know. I can't see it. Can you and your SEC heart see a blowout here?
3: I I'm not leaning blowout, but also, guys, this is the first time these two teams will face each other since the 2016 Liberty Bowl. Talk about a glow Ooh. up for both of these teams. We've come a long way yeah. in seven years from the Liberty Bowl. Blowout. I I I kind of can't tell if it's gonna be a slaughtering or a tight game. Um because I'm a fan of college football dramatics, I'm leaning a closer game. Uh this TCU team has clawed their way into the championship. They've earned the right to be here. Yes, Georgia will undoubtedly be a tougher test than Michigan, but I love the heart and grit in which that they play. They've showed it all season long. If the TCU O-line can give Max Duggan some time to make some big passing plays, I think we could be in for a shootout. Um, by the way, college football playoff champions have averaged 40 points per game the last eight seasons. So I think the first team to 40 here, go big or go home, uh, will win. Yes, that'll probably be Georgia, but I like the Horn Frogs to cover the plus 12 and a half.
2: Yeah, and there has been so much money poured on the TCU money line by those hoping for the upset that it's actually driven the price down. So there's a little less value than you would typically get on a 12-and-a-half point spread if you're looking to bet money line. TCU plus 350, Georgia minus 450 as the books try to protect themselves on this one from the possible upset. I'll just say as we get to our best bets of the weekend – Mine is on TCU plus the 12 and a half. They thrive in these high pressure situations. They have all year. They can run to set up the big play over the top, or they can hit one early that opens up the run game. Oh, they can go back and forth all night in and out and all around and start to sound a little weird, but uh, I think they, they will. I think they'll make it a game. And ultimately I think George is more talented. I do think, uh, Kirby gets his back-to-back national championships. But this one may only be by a single score. It may be as dramatic as the semifinals were. It's certainly going to be less than 12 points. So my best bet is TCU plus the 12 and a half. Kayla, what's yours this week?
3: I'm going the first half total under of 31 because I feel like these championship games always get off to a slow start. Last year between Georgia and Alabama, the first half total was 15 Could you argue that Bam is better than TCU? Yes, but it just seems like it's been taking the second half for these games to really get going. Um, The Fiesta Bowl, case in point, the first half total was 27. I also think this Georgia defense is going to be in for a, or this, uh, the Georgia defense is going to be a rude awakening for the Horned Frogs, uh, with the Bulldogs allowing an average of 12.8 points a game. Obviously, with the Peach Bowl being an exception, but I think we're in for a slow start, but fireworks at the end. So, under, first half under of 31.
2: Slow start, fireworks at the end. We all think tight game. What's your best bet of the weekend, RJ? All
0: right, got two of them. Uh, I'm gonna take okay. Georgia's team total over 37 and a half. Uh, I think they put up more than that. They put up in the 40s. And then I'm with Caleb, but I'm on the second half over of 30.5. Okay. Uh I, that that seems such a really, really low number for a second half. You're absolutely right, Caleb. Second half of these games is way more uh, open up than, than the first half. So I like Georgia's team total over the 37 and a half and the second half game over
2: 30.5. I like the angle that we've cooked up for this one, friends. I really do. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, sort
2: of two, you know, a, a couple little jabs here for the first few rounds through the first half. They just try to feel each other out, the Bulldogs and the Horn Frogs. And then, Much like those semifinal games, like you said, Kayla, they just start throwing haymakers and going wild in the second half. First half under, second half over, and TCU to cover the 12 and a half. We'll be back next weekend to talk about all of the fallout from it and what to look forward to throughout the offseason. And, of course, a lot more hoops next weekend as well maybe even some college football superlatives. It'll be like opening up the old yearbook. That all next weekend. Thanks again for joining us alongside Kayla Caneram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This has been BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.